Please don't. You won. You, you killed everyone. The bikers, the cartels, the kitchen Irish, they're all gone. Yeah, almost. I get it. An eye for an eye and all that. I got a family of my own. I don't. But God's sake, man, killing me is not going to bring yours back. Well, what does it change if I'm dead? Welcome back to the Comic Book Bullies, where Nerd is the New Bully. I'm your host, Leroy, with my co-host. This is Eli, a.k.a. E-Love. And we're back. Yep, so we are back, and we our own schedule, exactly how we say we were going to do. Like I said, last week, we were going to talk specifically about Justice League. That's what we did. Nothing else. This week, we were going to plan on just talking about the Punisher episode, but I completely forgot about the schedule and realized that Doomsday Clock was coming also. So we're going to make this a... Punisher slash Doomsday Clock episode. We may throw some other stuff in there also, but for the most part, we're going to be laser focused. So, uh, yeah, but before we do that, oh yeah, one more thing, one more thing I want to uh, throw in there. Eli, this yeah. weekend was Thanksgiving. It was. I, I got to ask, is, is uh, Thanksgiving a, a thing for you? Yeah. I ate okay. turkey. <laughs> I had to act. I don't know. I don't know if I was being assistant or whatever. I had to act. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Um, and yeah, and when when Christmas time comes around, I'll ask if you celebrate Kwanzaa or not. You <laughs> know, <laughs> I'll come back. Around. Yeah. <laughs> it's always funny because the Thanksgiving or black people they always have that one woke cousin. You know, always telling them about that. Why are you eating this turkey? Don't you know what this means and all that? They're like. If you yeah. complain it, why are you here at Thanksgiving yeah. eating with us? Don't be stepping your face in it trying to give a sermon. So it's basically same, same, same with natives. You know, they're they're on Facebook registering their disgust throughout the world, but you know they're still at home eating turkey at the end. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got pick a struggle. You yeah. know, decide what you're gonna do. Yeah. So, but here's the thing: Thanksgiving is now at the point that no one actually really gives a shit about Thanksgiving anymore, anyway, because most people are concerned about the day after Thanksgiving, which is Black Friday. Because mm-hmm. that's all anybody cares about. They're just ready to get Thanksgiving over so they can go ahead and get to the holiday shopping. So, Eli, let me ask you, did you participate or partake into Black Friday? Uh, no, I did not because the last couple of years I've been participating in Cyber Monday, which is tomorrow. Cyber Monday. The the lists are up on Cyber Monday, I think, already right now. I haven't looked at them. I, I want to be surprised because mm-hmm. Cyber Monday used to have better deals than Black Friday because everybody knows that online deals are starting to – uh, online is trying to take over more than like brick and mortar stores on Black Friday, so we'll see what happens from there. Uh, Eli, I did participate in Black Friday. I'm probably gonna t- participate in uh, Cyber Monday also, but I'm participating in Black Friday. Uh, I bought a shitload of comics from Comicsology. Uh, I bought a whole bunch of DC shit. Here's the thing, you know, since Justice League came out, there's been like a shitload of DC comics that were online that was on sale. So I bought like a whole bunch of Aquaman. For some reason, like I said, I would never buy Aquaman, but I like New 52 Aquaman with Jeff Johns. 
Yeah. Gotta buy this shit. Went ahead yeah, and bought a whole bunch of it, And it's some good, it is, it's cool shit too. <laughs> I want to read one issue. I like, that issue is good as hell. <laughs> I'm like, why, how the fuck am I liking an Aquaman book? <laughs> but I went ahead and did it. Uh, it was some other shit. Honestly, I bought some of the shit I can remember. I bought a couple of video games. Can't remember what I'm thinking about King of Fighters for a good price, something like that, and NBA 2K, something like that. Eli, here's the thing I bought that I actually thought was pretty cool. I bought a Google speaker. Okay, for your phone or something? Yeah. No, you say what now? It's like for your phone or something? It, like, it you, you can use it for the phone, but you can do a lot of stuff with it. Okay. Like, you can ask questions. You can ask what's the weather. Oh, you can is ask it like the – what's that chick's name? Uh, Astrid? Or what's that chick's name? Is it Alexa? Is that one? It's like Alexa, okay. but it's not Alexa. Like okay. Alexa is Amazon. But oh. Google has their own thing, but they haven't gave oh. it a fancy Alexa or Katana or a name like that. <laughs> but it does pretty much the same thing. And there's like a sexy female that's talking and stuff like that when you, you know, ask some stuff, you know. Oh. Uh, cool thing about it, like I have it hooked up to my Chromecast, so I can say, hey, watch something on Netflix and it'll turn to Netflix automatically, you know, stuff like that. Or wake me up at eight o'clock in the morning and it'll alarm goes off like that. Or, you know, uh, play, I can name a song, play Michael Jackson. And it will play Michael Jackson. I'm like, yeah, this thing is pretty cool, you know. I still don't know everything you can do, but that's like some some cool shit that I was figuring out that there. But that's 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 pretty cool what I got. I'm thinking about buying another one, kind of like having a stereo sound effect and things like that and shit like that. But put it yeah, in the bathroom. Yeah, gotta have it everywhere. So that's the only thing about it. It's not portable. Like, how are you gonna have this thing? It's not portable. And it's it's a Bluetooth speaker also. That's cool. So I can just like listen to it as a regular speaker also while also. And if I get like a like light bulbs that operate on Wi-Fi, I can tell like you know, turn on the lights or turn off the lights. You know, have like some freaky deaky porno sex shit in here. You know, like turn the lights <laughs> red, you know, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm in, I'm in, we're, we're entering the Jetson age. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there because, like I said, talking to this thing kind of makes me feel like Tony Stark. You know how he was, <laughs> you know, doing all this shit. So I'm like, okay, we're we're not there yet, but we're getting there. You know. <laughs> Leroy, would you like to file the repulsors? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. Jarvis. <laughs> oh, man. So, like I said, that's um, that's what we have going on right now. But we also want to talk about something else. Like I said, we're going to move on to the important – well, not the important part, but the part we always talk about on the comic book bullies, and we want to talk about the box office numbers. Like gotta, I said, this week we I am come up not – with a jingle for that. Yeah. <laughs> We need a jingle for all of our stuff. Yeah. We really do. <laughs> We're going to get to that. <laughs> I don't want to just hum it like, like this. I'm going to have an official jingle. I might even outsource it. Uh, if you're a fan of comic bullies and you are a good singer, <laughs> uh, contact us. and we, we will work something out for you. We will pay you in a no prize. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like I said, going to the box office numbers, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because we spent way too much time on this last week. But this week we're going to talk about Box office number week uh, number one this week. Uh, Eli, guess what was number one? I you know what I don't know. I'm gonna, I, I, I'd like to say Justice League, but I don't think it is. And you are right. It is not Justice League. Oh damn! <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Oh how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> uh, number one this week was Coco. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I uh, like I said, Runaway Hit. I think it's like the number one movie of all time in South America, something like that. I don't know. Does it have something to do with? South America, Hispanics or something? I think so. What are, it's like the, 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 the Day of the Dead. They got the, I don't know. Something to do with the Day of the Dead. They said, because yeah. it's been like a, about a month, uh, a, a really like a month ago in South America for the Day of the Dead. 
most popular movie of all time over there, and they decided to release it here. So, yeah, it's it's been doing big numbers there, and it's probably not, not like it's going to stop anytime soon. Number two, of course, is Justice League. So uh, still hanging in there for the time it is. Uh, we will come back to it in, in, a, in a little while. Number three, we also have Wonder. Like I said, the, the sad movie that had everybody crying and stuff like that. Uh, number four is Thor Ragnarok. We're still hanging in it. We're going to come back to Thor Ragnarok also later on. And number five is Daddy's Home 2, which we will not come back to <laughs> uh, later on. And just running down the list of the top ten, we got number six, Murder the Orient Express. We have number seven, The Star. Number eight, Bad Mom's Christmas. Number nine, Roman J. Israel. That's that, uh, that's that, uh, Denzel movie. Oh, I Denzel. Yeah, didn't know it was out yet. And number ten is three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. What the oh yeah, fuck? I, I want to see that. I told you about that last week about the she the the woman she hangs these billboards about her daughter died or got murdered and she starts hanging these billboards all over town fucking with the cops and shit. And um, oh, cool. okay. Made by the guy who made Seven Psychopaths. So, oh yeah, you did yeah. tell me about that. Why, why did I forget everything you just said about that? <laughs> I remember you telling me that I, that didn't sound familiar. You did say that. Yeah, yeah, I want to see it. So, but you know what I'm curious about? What the hell ever happened to Die Hard? Die Hard? Yeah, like remember we interview, we reviewed Die Hard like months ago, and it was supposed to come out like October, November, something like that, and we heard nothing else about it. There's another Die Hard movie? No, the the, the Bruce Willis one. Oh, not Die Hard. You mean uh, Death, Death Wish? <laughs> I'm yeah, what did happen to that? You know. Yeah, where where the fuck did that go? Right, I we was... talked about it, reviewed it. I thought it would have came out by now, but it never came out, so I don't know. Yeah, I have did a they, feeling they we're going to bring that back up did later on. They push wrong. it because of the gun shit. Anyway, before we get there, let's talk about Justice League. Let's talk about Justice League, and let's just talk briefly about Justice League because I don't want to drag this shit out. Because yeah, so. Eli, remember you saw online when I made this bet. I, I put our reputation online, and when I mean our reputation, I mean yours also. Okay, yeah. Because whenever I say some shit, it reflects you also. It's like, oh, you don't know what the fuck you talking about, you know. <laughs> so I said that by the end of this weekend, Justice League will have five hundred million. Yeah. I had some inside sources said uh, Justice League with five hundred million. Hopefully, we get there. A lot of people say, oh, you're smoking crack. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Eli, you a dumbass. You know all this stuff. So. Mm -hmm. Eli, am I over or under for this week? I'll say, fuck it, I'm a gambling man. Over. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I I was under. I was under. Underestimate. I thought it was going to hit $500 million by the end of this weekend. It didn't, even though we're only talking about the actual numbers right now. But here's the thing, Eli. This is what it did hit. What's that? It hit $481 million worldwide. Okay. That's yeah. So I, I was only twenty million off. Was I off? Yes. But twenty million, eh, you can you can spare me twenty million. You know. Yeah. Round. It's a good rounded number. If you yeah. round up, yeah, you made right. It. Nineteen million. You know. Yeah. yeah. What's what's nineteen million? You know. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was a little off, but at the same time, that's kind of impressive. You know, going from one week to the other, one bad. Still not where where Warner Brothers wants to be. But hey, what can you do? You know, it when that first week came out, everybody was like, "Oh, that shit looks pretty bad." But you when you look at, and it'll probably hit five hundred million, probably like about Wednesday, Saturday, something like that. Yeah. You know, but it's an uphill battle with with uh, Justice League. And honestly, Eli, even though we've only talked about it once on this podcast, I've been pretty much 
battling with people. And even you got into it with a couple people online also that this just talking about that movie has pretty much drained me. <laughs> like whatever I wanted to say about just Lee, I have said it. Yeah. And honestly, when Star Wars hits, that movie won't matter anyway. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we will talk about Thor Ragnarok. Well, let's take, see the numbers where Thor Ragnarok is. Like I said, this is also um, estimated numbers right now because the actual numbers won't come out until tomorrow. But right now, Thor Ragnarok is sitting on 70, uh, 790, 790 oh. million. That's where it's at right now. So it's almost at 800. I don't think it's going to hit a billion. It's going to give a good run. going to be like, I think, mid-800s. Eight, and then it's going to level off, and it's pretty much going to be it with that. Still a very good run for a Thor movie. Like yes. I said, it was the number one, it was the best grossing, highest grossing Thor movie of all time in its second week. So Marvel is very happy. It might even end up being like the highest grossing Marvel movie this year, or maybe even the highest grossing comic book movie this year when it's all said and done. We'll see. Now, if, if Thor outgrosses Spider-Man with Robert Downey Jr. in it, that, I don't know. Marvel may take a look at that. That's That's kind of surprising. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's the box office we have going on right now. Um, yeah, all I want to talk about that, like I said, we're going to move on because we're not here to talk about the box office and all that bullshit going out there. We're talking about The Punisher. That is what we're here to talk about. Now, mm -hmm. if you never heard of Comic Book Bullies podcast, I do want to let you know that when we review stuff, we review stuff and we go full spoilers. We go balls deep into the movie. Spoilers everywhere. If you've never seen the, the TV show and you want to know what it's like, don't listen to this because we're going to tell you exactly what we think about it. Good, bad, ugly, whatever. I've seen it. Eli's seen it. We're going to talk about it. Now, here's the thing as far as my expertise on The Punisher. Like I said, we are a comic book podcast, sort of, kind of, really? Kind of, ish. Uh, I like to think I know a thing or two about a thing or two about comic books, Eli. Would you agree? I think you do. I think I do. Here's the thing. Punisher is my blind spot. I'm not a Punisher guy. I like the Punisher. It's not like I boycott the Punisher or anything like that. I like the character. I like him when he shows up in books. He seems like an interesting character. I like to pick up a book every blue moon and watch him blow faces off and, you know, kick people and break bones and like that. And it's cool. But I'm not, like, deep into the Punisher or anything like that. Now, Eli, I know you're you're a Punisher guy. Like, that's that's your guy. Am I right? He's one of them, yeah. I, I've been a fan for a while. In fact, when... uh I kind of stopped reading superhero comics in high school. He was the only one that I was reading for a while, you know, before I started to branch off into image and, you know, the indie stuff. Dark you know, horse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Punisher held it down for me for Marvel. anyways. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, so. like I said, cause Punisher technically isn't a superhero. So when you, when we, I, and I almost felt the same way also, when you get to a certain age, you start looking at superheroes like, okay, that shit looks kind of stupid. You know, mm -hmm. I still want to read comics, but give me something else that, you know, I can relate to a little bit more. And yeah, I can see how Punisher could gravitate because it does feel like he's designed for an older audience than, than Spider-Man. Yeah. If you're offended by that, fuck it. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and he, he, was, no. he was, he was a product and, of the time. He was a product of the eighties. I mean, in the 80s, you had all these action movies, you know, Rambo and Schwarzenegger, you know, blown away guy, the one man army, blown away people. And, you know, they decided to, I mean, he, he was a B-list Spider-Man villain that they brought out. Like, okay, let's bring him and make him our, our Rambo, our, our, our Terminator, basically. And, uh, yeah. And so, and yeah. Man, and they even took it to the level where they even took uh, an action hero of the 80s and used the Punisher as a vehicle to, you know, to make him a star. Yeah. Didn't work, but 
that's what they did. Like I said, Dolph Lundgren was like, okay, we got Arnold, we got Stallone, find another big beefy guy for one of those movies and make him an action star. And let's just, because the Punisher was pretty much cut from the same cloth as any of the other characters that, you know, Stallone and, and Schwarzenegger were playing. So it kind of fit the role. Not a very good movie, but, you know, that's just yeah. kind of what it is. But yeah, you're right it about has, that. It has an age. I mean, of course, at the time, I loved it as, you know, as a little kid. Well, I was a little kid, but what, like 16 or whatever? Oh, a Punisher movie. And I loved it at the time. But, yeah, it hasn't aged very well. But, again, it is a product of its time. It's an 80s action flick, you know, that you'd rent at your friend's house and spend a night, you know, eating pizza and watching this dude blow away people, blow away ninjas in the Yakuza. <laughs> I mean, it was oh, yeah. pretty much, you know, it hit every trope you expect too. like yeah. when you're that age and we're I'm young. I'm not supposed to be watching those type of movies. You expect to see a bunch of dudes get killed. You expect to see a bunch of bloods. You expect yeah. to see a bunch of swear words. You expect to see a sex scene with maybe a titty popping out or something like that. You get that. Hey, you got your money's worth. Yeah. You know, and, and that's all it was. Story. You know? Yeah. Story. Fuck story. You know. Yeah. So but, so. but yeah, I mean, there's been better incarnations since then. But yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, what do you want to do? How are we going to do this? Okay, Ooh, first thing I got, I got do, a lot to say. <laughs> okay, like I said, we, we yeah, Punisher has some movies, Punisher has some cartoons and comics and all that. Fuck all that. We're going to talk about Netflix. So, Eli, what we're going to do, we're going to start off with the Netflix, because I have no idea how you feel about this movie, took a TV show. You have no idea how I feel about this TV show. So, I want to just give your impressions and just like a quick summary and review of what you thought about the show. And I'll give mine. I just want to hear what you have to say about it first. Okay. Overall, I thought it was okay. Um, I, it wasn't what I expected. Um, there wasn't. I felt there wasn't enough action. Obviously, um, it did just enough to keep me interested because I'm a fan. Um, I felt the 13 episode arc really dragged out this time. I think it could have been done in 10, maybe even eight. You know. Um, it didn't really, it, I mean, it, it, it hit some issues uh, that I felt were relevant to this time as far as, you know, the effects of violence on soldiers and PTSD and how it affects their families. I thought it hit those points very well, but it didn't really make for a fun viewing. Like, I didn't have a lot of fun watching this. It was actually kind of sad when I think about it. Um, the bursts of action were fun. But I, it wasn't enough to keep the pace going. And in the end, I just didn't feel like a comic book show to me. It felt more of like one of those military action thrillers, like you see John Cena or Jason Statham in. It's like they made him – and I know that Bernthal from, from Daredevil Season 2, John Bernthal was portraying a Punisher who was a lot more fleshed out, who's more human. He's not the cyborg – Terminator that he is in the comics, that they were going to make him a more human Frank Castle. And that was fine. I knew that. But I felt like this was too real. And on that level, realism to me doesn't work for the Punisher. I think there's a fantasy aspect that makes the Punisher work. And they just went for pure realism and sort of just kind of sucked the fun out of it for me. So all in all, I thought it was okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but before you give your rating, I want to I want to say what I have to say. Now, now, honestly, everything you just said, I I pretty much agree with you. 
like word for word. I'm trying to think of what I, what I can elaborate on that you didn't say because you pretty much hit all the points that I was going to make. Also, I did feel like the the 13th episode arc for uh, this it was too long. Yeah, you know? and, and honestly, that's been a problem for Netflix in general. But for this show, it really was a problem, especially since the first episode you could pretty much admit that from it and just pretend like that episode never existed. Just count the other twelve, and it still felt too long. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the very first episode was pretty much a pilot episode that had nothing to do with the rest of the plot. Oh, uh, now as yeah, far like, as punisher, like I said, okay. I'm not a Punisher guy. So before I even watched this Netflix show, I kept wondering how are you going to make a 13 episode with the Punisher? Yeah, it's fun for him to you know shoot faces and electrocute people and torture and body bag people and all stuff like that. But how you can drag it off a 13 episode without that getting boring? Because no matter how fun it is to watch him shoot people and stuff like that. After a while, it can get boring, you know. Yeah. So how are they going to flesh it out? And I think – and I, I understand what they were trying to do. They were trying to flesh him out and make him a real character, which I've never – I've never pictured Punisher as a real character. I, 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 you're right. He is like a Terminator-type guy where he just goes in and just emotionless and just destroys everything in sight. I never picture him as, you know, emotional. I never picture him as, you know, quoting poetry or he likes to uh, play guitar as a hobby, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, so they really tried whole... to flesh him out, you know. Yeah. And I, and I, I really didn't, you know. But it was it was cool. Like you said, it was very, very few actions on it. Like if you haven't seen Punisher, I do want to let you know this now. You know, the skull thing on the Punisher, it only shows up twice. That's mm-hmm. it. Two episodes. It shows up in the first episode, and he burns it in the first episode. Like basically, like 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 halfway through the first episode, he burns the the thing, saying, "Okay, basically, I'm done with the Punisher." Yeah. So, honestly, like basically, why, everything we wanted to see happened before the show. Everything happened before the show, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, honestly, if you're watching this, you'll forget you're watching a Punisher show. Like you said, killing a bunch of people, but you see that a lot of time in action movie. You're like, okay, it's just I'm just watching a random action movie dude shoot up people, but I don't. It's not the Punisher. Until mm-hmm. you get to the, I guess, the 12th episode when they invade, you know, the yeah. base. And then now that action scene was fucking awesome. Yeah. Honestly, it's, I would say it's like it's worth watching type season, but not really. You can just fast forward to episode 12 and you just watch him yeah. just blow a bunch of people away and stuff like that. You you'll get the best action scene of the show and you'll be satisfied. with Yeah. It, Everything know? they showed in the trailer. Everything they showed in trailer was like, basically yeah, right. in one episode at the end of the season. <laughs> one episode in, in the season. You can just watch that episode. Just yeah. watch episode twelve, and you got everything you need to know. Now, maybe you won't know why he's shooting up a bunch of people, but at the end of the day, do you really care? Yeah, the bad guys. Yeah, You're fucking them up. That's all that matters, you know. Yeah, uh, they're invading his base. He doesn't need another reason to shoot people, you know. Uh, but you know, they they tried to flesh Punisher out, and I think I'm glad they did that. But they did add a bunch of unnecessary characters that I think didn't work and unnecessary subplots that didn't work. Homeland Security, that shit was boring as fuck. Yeah. Like, why the fuck they keep cutting this shit? Why? I don't give a fuck about any of this shit that's happening. Much of that shit didn't even relate to the story. And that's another problem. A lot of the story in this was padding. That's why I was saying that the uh epi- the 13 episode arc of Netflix really don't work for any of these shows. Like, they haven't worked for any of them. Even Daredevil, which I thought was you know, amazing did feel like a drag on the bed, and it really drags on in this one. It feel like yeah. they didn't have enough story, and they dragged as much as possible. And on top of that, Eli, was it me or did the story not make no goddamn sense anyway? 
Yeah, it was just basically them. I, they were trying to emulate Garth Ennis as far as all these different factions reacting to what the Punisher's doing. Right. But the Punisher wasn't fucking doing anything for like fucking eight episodes. Exactly. Like was, you know, it was like three episodes in the middle where I almost lost it. Like the whole love triangle between Microchip's wife and Frank and the, I was like, what the fuck am I watching here? <laughs> like, what the hell is this going on, man? Like, I, and it wasn't, I was like, okay, you want to explore that dynamic between Micro and Frank Castle? Fine. Maybe you can sit up to where they finally become enemies like they did in the comics. And sure, his fucking around with his wife might be a catalyst for that. But for three fucking episodes? Like, right. come on. <laughs> it's like, I did not care. And I was like, come on. And really? they kept these other subplots that they really feel like, like Agent Hot Chick. Like, what the <laughs> fuck was she in the show for? Yeah, she's like, just... Like, she served yeah. no purpose whatsoever. She didn't help out. She got hurt most of the time. Uh, She served no purpose at the end. They spent way too much time with them. Like, why do you keep going to her? I mean, she's a useless character. Punisher didn't even know her. Yeah. She's just, so yeah, what, she's just one of those... One of those aspects that try to... Yeah, to try to justify... And that's something I want to get into later. When, when yeah, I talk we're, we're going to later. Yeah, I'll yeah. give my review. Yeah. But every yeah. time they cut to her and Homeland Security, it just made the TV show feel more like a TV show. And I don't watch TV, and that's the reason I don't watch TV, because it felt like one of those procedural dramas like yeah. uh, Law and & Order and CSI. And I'm like, that shit is boring, man. I don't want to watch that shit. I want to see him, you know, shoot faces off. Now, there was... I say three scenes, three scenes in this entire season where he was shooting face off and that shit was worth it. Like I said, we talked about episode 12. That was awesome. Yeah. The the forest scene. Yeah. The forest scene was fucking awesome. That shit yeah. was awesome as hell. And I guess the first scene, the first episode. But well, that, the flashback but, scene where he's in uh, Afghanistan and he raids that house by himself. Oh, that was, that was, cool. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. And yeah, yeah all the, the shit at the... Like, okay. the in the beginning in episode one where it showed him like, you know, taking out the bike, that montage of him, you know, on his crime killing spree, you know, taking out the bikers and then shooting that guy in Juarez from El Paso, Texas. You know? Oh, yeah. When he <laughs> shot, when he, when he heard a gunshot, it took like two seconds for the bullet actually hit. Yeah. And it fucking, yeah, he's getting a blowjob and he gets shot in the head. Like that. Yeah. That was like I said, shit. I would like that should have been the show. <laughs> right. Just. You know? That shit all the time. But at the same time, you can't do that for 13 episodes because that shit would get kind of monotonous also. And just killing people every 15 minutes, you know. Yeah. And so, But, yeah, that, that's that's pretty much what I have to say about, you know, the punch. Like I said, Eli, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I try to add in as much as possible. Uh, Overall, give a rating. What do you what do you think about it? And then we'll dig into it. But you can go ahead and give a rating. Damn. I hate to be this mean, but I'm going to say 3.5 out of 5. Ooh. Um, yeah, it's it, it was like, and I'm like trying not to because I was so hyped up to see this because the trailer was so awesome and had the Metallica, you know, going and that's another thing. They're playing Metallica in the trailers, but then he's like singing country and shit on the show. <laughs> now, right. did it seem like they were trying to market the Punisher to like, like, like country fans or something? Because the NRA, am I being like stereotypically racist to like? white folks now i mean like, you are but i think the same thing so you know. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like okay well nra they like country right so we'll make the the, the punisher uh, he'll, he's a country boy he's a hot but at the same man. time i don't feel like they were marketed to the nra and we're going to talk about that a second because i think a, a few times it felt like they were criticizing the nra 
yeah, um, we can get there because yeah, I got some stuff to say about that too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like they changed. What what really bugged me about this is they changed Frank's character. You know, yep. and like I said, I knew they were making him more human and giving him more depth and all that shit. I knew that because I saw it in Daredevil and I liked that. But when they made him, well, I'm gonna, now this is spoilers. When they made him an active participant and the shooter in the Rollins tape, right. that changes the whole dynamic of the Punisher's character. You know, because the Punisher always went after criminals. You know, but now you made you made him a murderer of a cop, and now he's but part he didn't of know that at the time. That's the thing. I think he did because he he knew that's what remember and that's why uh, uh, Jigsaw, what's his name? Punisher, uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why he ended up taking up. He quit the thing because he did know, and he, he says, "I got." He even admits, "I got to a I got to a point in my life where I didn't care anymore, and I was just following orders." Blah 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 blah. But yeah, he they made him. But but when he killed that cop in Afghanistan, they made him a part of the very system that he usually fights against, and he becomes irredeemable after that. Um, and then they spend the rest of the show trying to redeem him. And make him a good guy, you know. And the thing about the Punisher is he does not care about redemption. He's he doesn't feel any guilt or remorse against the guys he kills because he knows what he's doing is right. I mean, that's just a fundamental part of who the Punisher is. I mean, even that story with the Ghost Rider, where the Ghost Rider made him gave him the penance stand, it didn't work on him because the Punisher doesn't feel any remorse right. about any of this. Yeah, I remember that. That, that shit was cool as hell. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So when they made him like a, a murderer, then it had I, I found a hard time rooting for him after that. Like, okay, you you basically made the Punisher a criminal. You, he crossed the line. Yeah, yeah. We all know the Punisher is a murderer, and he takes out, you know, he goes to these great lengths, and, and his methods are very harsh. But you always knew that they were the bad guys. And now he's a bad guy, too. And I had an issue with that. And that's one of the things. And that happened in, what, episode two? So for the whole the whole time I'm watching the show, I'm like, damn, he's he's a bad guy, too. Okay. You know? And that's why I don't understand why they're trying to kill him. Yeah. Like, the whole, the whole Netflix show is about the uh, his old team trying to kill him and you know, taking out his wife like that. But he was, an, he was the one that pulled the trigger. Yeah. So... Why would they try to kill, especially once the guy was undercover, the guy that he shot was undercover. Now, maybe they did know he was, you know, an undercover cop, but nobody else knew he was an undercover cop. They just thought he was just one of those guys over there that was dirty also. On top of that, everybody in the video had masks on. So why the hell are they trying to kill the Punisher? Yeah. Especially when he wasn't even looking for them or even thinking about them. Yeah, and especially since... You know, Billy Russo, he he knew about it, but then he was in charge of trying to get rid of the punch. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I guess when I think about it, I didn't even think I didn't even like realize that until you just said it. Yeah, like how much I it mean, doesn't. Really, I, it's, like, it's like they tried to make the show smarter than what it was. But I'm and I, I watched the show twice. I watched it twice. I'm like, OK, I, I like to think I'm a little bit smarter than this, but something in this show is just not making any fucking sense to me. So I'm watching this shit again. I'm like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. This guy's undercover. He's, you know, Middle Eastern for one thing. So if they see Americans shooting this guy, nobody in America is going to think twice about that. You know, we just think it's just some soldiers shooting some guy. Nobody's going to think it's an undercover cop. 
and on top of that, Punisher is in on it with them. He doesn't want anything to do with these guys. Why are they trying to kill? I don't yeah, all, of a, yeah, all of a sudden, they wanted to keep it secret. Like, like why? Who cares? Yeah. Like, even if we're Americans, if if that tape got leaked on YouTube, which it didn't even get leaked. It was, you know, undercover. Nobody saw it. If that tape got leaked on YouTube, first off, none of us would care because, let's be honest, it's a Middle Eastern and American shooter. So, obviously, we're going to think it's the Middle Eastern's fault. And on well, top of that. My, but did Micro get it? Micro got a hold of it. Wouldn't Micro got a hold of the tape. That's why they wanted to kill him. Now, yeah. Micro, I understand why they tried to kill him. Yeah. I don't understand why they tried to kill the Punisher. That's why I don't understand. Yeah. You know, because I, I could see Micro, you know, putting the, putting the, uh, pieces together and, you know, incriminating people, stuff like that. So that makes it. And that's why I think this, the show should have done instead of trying to force this narrative where, you know, the Punisher is trying to clean up, you know, the mess who killed his parent. Cause that kind of makes him like a, a weak dude also. Like he only cares about, you know, people that took out his family. He should just be just trying to help Micro. Or Micro just trying to, you know, blackmail him into helping him. It should, the story should have been more about Micro. Cause here's the yeah. thing. I, I like the Micro character. Like, I remember Micro trip from the comics, stuff like that. He used to ride around in a black band and shoot people, shit like that. Okay, it was cool. So, when Micro came into the show, to me, the show picked up. The show started to get interesting. It, it did kind of feel like a buddy cop movie, which I kind of liked that. So when he got into the show, the, the plot should have been around him where he just, matter of fact, he should have been the main character. <laughs> no, seriously, he should have been the main character. He should have been the main character. He he, you know, recruits Frank, and Frank is just like this this thing, you know, this force of nature. He just sends out, and that would have made Punisher seem more badass and more cool instead of you know trying to humanize him and having him play guitar and shit like that. You know, it would have made him seem more of a badass. He just feel like this force of nature goes and just kills shit. You know. Yeah. That's how I felt the show should have went. You know. But it didn't go that way. Um, I did feel like the plot didn't make any fucking sense. Uh, like I said, they really didn't flesh out, you know, Asian hot chick. Why is she here? Why is she so hillbent on trying to find the Punisher and shit like that? You know, it, 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 all that shit seemed forced. Like they just forced it just to try to yeah. drag out the story or trying yeah, to make that's, it. That, yeah, that's what they were doing. They were dragging it out. It's not like it, the story didn't make sense. It just took too damn long to fucking tell it. <laughs> right. When they could have told yeah. this shit two hours, three hours, whatever. You know, yeah. it didn't it didn't take thirteen hours to tell this damn story. Yeah, like why why are yeah. we talking to Agent Hot Chick's mom? You know? Right. Right. Why is she there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. I will say this. I will say this. Now I like Billy. Okay. But yeah. Billy doesn't make any fucking sense in the story. No, I mean and and, and if for and if you know, you know, being a fan of the comics, I know who Billy Russo is. And when they said his name, I'm like, oh, shit. I'll be honest. I didn't catch on to the very last episode. Yeah, I was. I knew who he was. And I'm like, oh, damn. So that's another reason why I'm like, holy shit, this thing's taking forever. When the fuck is Jigsaw going to show up? Exactly. Because in Punisher Warzone, like he took uh, Jigsaw out like, like like the first 15 minutes. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. But yeah, honestly, I didn't realize that was Billy Russo until... You know, like Jigsaw until like the very end. I'm like, oh, that's Jigsaw. I didn't really, but at the same time, nothing Billy did make sense. Okay, first off, I mean, I'm a heterosexual, but I'm just saying that's an attractive dude. I can admit that he's an attractive dude. You know, he's yeah. a pretty boy. Okay, yeah. so he's a pretty boy. He has money. He wears nice suits and clothes and shit like that. He can bang any chick he wants within the, you know, 20-mile radius. 
He has a legitimate legal business where he's trying to get a government contract. Why is he a bad guy? Why is he evil? Why does he do illegal shit? Yeah, I don't know. But that's None of that it's shit like, makes any sense. And that's the thing is they changed who he was. I mean, Billy Russo, Billy the Butte. Yeah, right. he's right. He was he was a he was a hot guy who who was you know had this vanity uh, you know feeling about his looks and stuff, and then you know he becomes he and he was a, a mob hitman. He worked for the mob. Right. You know. So right then and there, they're changing. They're they just change the whole street level aspect of the Punisher in this in this show. I mean, cause think about it. <laughs> the Punisher. It was thirteen episodes, right? He didn't fight the mob at all. No. Like I like said, they, they, it, it was all yeah, like, it was all before the show. Yeah. Right. It was like in, in Daredevil show it was, but in this yeah. one he was just pretty much just fighting. He was just fighting dudes that's coming after him. <laughs> like he didn't go after anybody. Yeah, I, I was hoping it was gonna be like. You know, because in Daredevil season two, he fought the Kitchen Irish and that face dude, that bomber dude, who he's in the comics. That right. Irish guy, he gets blown up and he, his face is all fucked up. He looks like a zombie because he got his face blown up. I was hoping he would show up, and you know, I was just hoping it'd be like like more comic booky. That's what I was hoping. Now, <laughs> and, and that's what I keep wondering. Like, you wanted more comic booky. Yeah. I kind of appreciated that it wasn't more comic booky. Even though I kind of wish it kind of went there a little bit like it kind of went there because it did take itself super, super seriously. Like, for instance, yeah. it took me two times to realize it's like they didn't mention the rest of the MCU at all. Nothing. No Netflix, no movies, no Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., no Inhumans, nothing. If it wasn't for Karen Page in this, it would have felt like it was like some kind of alternate universe. Yeah, there was just like her. I think she wrote a piece on the battle under the underground something. Like her, her, the article she wrote about the defenders was okay, on see, the I, wall. I missed it. I didn't catch Was that. on the wall of her thing. I think the Battle of New York. They're referring to the first Avengers. I mean, but yeah, there was really yeah. They didn't really mention any other you know MCU shit. Just other than the, the articles on the wall. Yeah. And and I get it. Like the Netflix shows, the more they go on, the less they reference the MCU overall anyway. But the Punisher really felt like it was removed from all of that stuff. Like, I really forgot I was watching an MCU-related TV show watching this show. You know, even when he was wearing the punch, it just felt like it was just something that's completely different. So I kind of appreciate that. At the same time, I did feel like it had some kind of – like, maybe they would have thrown, like, some crazy, kooky-looking villains. Or, like, maybe he would have fought a dude, you know, with knives for hands or some shit, you know, like for no fucking reason, you know. But it never went there. He just kept fighting soldier after soldier after soldier, and he shot him and stuff like that, and it was pretty cool. Now, like I said, the reason I like the forest scene so much because that was some shit straight out of Call of Duty. That's why I like that shit so much. <laughs> because you had uh Micro, you know, with the drone flying over his head, you know, in in his earpiece telling him, Okay, you got guys on your six, you got guys on your right, you got guys on your twelve, take this guy right here, you know. And then the other guy that was with Frank was like looking at him like, What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like are you superhuman or something like that, but he just knew where everybody was coming. I was like, Okay, that's that's some cool ass shit, especially when it was coming like from first person view a bunch of times also. So I I that's why I like that scene right there. So I think it was what, episode five, I think. It was somewhere in the middle, yeah. Somewhere in the middle. So so if you just want to fast forward to watch Ch- Punisher chop up some people, watch episode twelve and watch episode five when the forest scene because that both of the, both of those shits was awesome. Uh, so I like that. Um, one thing I did like no, another not only did I like Billy the Butte, I actually liked that kid. Oh, Lewis. Lewis the kid. I yeah. like Lewis the kid. I liked him. Mm-hmm. I think he had an interesting arc because, like I said, and, and that's why that's why it gets kind of murky where, you know, I know you said they're trying to market to the end of, you know, the NRA. 
But at the same time, I don't think they were. Yeah. It's like they were, but they weren't. Yeah, and and let let's. I mean, everybody's been saying how much this show is make is addressing the whole gun violence issue, gun violence. Right. And, um, and I mean, there's a whole episode where they talk about it. Yeah. Um, and I think the show tried to make statements about it, but I didn't think it. I didn't feel it went deep enough. And it just sort of placated the audience with just lazy commentary where we're just characters who make they just take random stances on the issue, but they don't well, really see, explore the, it that much. I felt. Yeah, I, I, I felt the show straddled the fence. That's yeah. what it did. It, it didn't take a side. It straddled the fence. Yeah. I mean, it, it does say it does say a little something about guns being in the wrong hands. Mm-hmm. But one could argue that the Punisher is one of them. And that's that's just which brings us to this character, Lewis. You know, yep. Lewis's his his only purpose in the show was to so he could be compared to the Punisher, right? Because they're both the same type of guy. They're both violent men. They're both you know veterans of the war. They're both suffering from PTSD, and it's only that Lewis kills innocent people and the Punisher right. doesn't. But because in in Lewis' mind, I mean, because because okay, Punisher, and that's the problem. Well, I'm not saying it's a problem with the Punisher, but like, who's to tell Punisher who dies and who lives? You yeah. know, because there's no law. He just shoots if he wants to, like, for instance. Okay, remember Turk, right? Now, Turk has appeared in every single episode of these Netflix shows, and he's in there. Now, oh, yeah, yeah. you know the Punisher in the comics. Would Punisher have let Turk live in a situation? Uh, depend. Yeah, it depends. It might. Who knows? And I, I, I and that's, that's, that's a part where, yeah, where they might have – they were trying too hard to redeem Frank Castle. Because you know? I, I think in the I think in the comics – I think Punisher would have shot that guy and not th- thought twice about it. Yeah, and just took his guns. <laughs> and just took his guns and that's it. But if he yeah. would have did that in the Netflix show, that would have made to me that would have made him unredeemable. I'm like, why are you gonna shoot this guy that we've been seeing the entire time in all these seasons? You just gonna just shoot him like he's nothing? That and he I was, and that was a thing. statement that he said. He's like, hey, I just sell these things. Whatever they do with them is up to them. So again, but, but they're Tommy ma- Punisher wouldn't have cared. Yeah, but again, that the show was making that statement, it was straddling the fence. It's like, okay, we're good. Yeah, guns are out there, but it's all about who. It's you know, it's not guns. It's the people who use them, or whether or not they're good or bad. You know what I mean? Um, but, right. And, but and, but the whole point I'm trying to make about that is that, like I said, comic Punisher, TV show Punisher, movie Punisher, whatever. And at the end of the day, since Punisher is outside of the law, it's at his discretion who lives and who dies. And that yeah. Lewis character in the Netflix show, it, it basically has that same, you know, morality or the same code he lives by. Like he chooses who lives and dies. Yes, his code's a little bit more strict than Punisher, but at the same time, he's still outside of the law. Okay, he thinks these people should live because they're saying the wrong things. Like, like where where do you draw the line? Like who who draws the line? That's all I'm asking. Yeah, and I think the show, all it did, in its like lazy attempt to make a statement, was like, okay, it's okay to kill. As long as you're the Punisher, you know what I mean. But this right. guy Lewis, he's obviously bombing innocent people. He took out, you know what I mean. So, so they made Punisher the good guy by making a guy just like him who's worse. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I didn't think about that. I didn't. Think, you know, that, that's, and that's like, back on Punisher's side, right? Yeah, I mean, and that and that's what I'm talking about. Is like it 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 really didn't have anything new to say about violence or or gun violence. It just basically said. Violence is okay sometimes as long as the Punisher's doing it. Or by but extension. I think, I think they by, try to make a statement with Karen also. Because remember, uh, when they were giving their interview, remember Karen was on the opposite side of gun violence. 
Yeah. You know, she was she was against gun violence. Yeah. And, that, and, and that's the thing is like sporadically there was characters who basically said whatever Facebook comment that we're all used to seeing, you know, right. but but it didn't really explore it that much. It's just like these are everybody. This is what everybody thinks. And that's all we're going to do. We're just going to basically show we're going to start say we're going to reflect on what people are talking about, but we're really not going to say anything ourselves about it. You right. Know? They didn't say anything, but at the yeah. same time, they didn't make a statement with that. Because remember, even though Karen was against gun violence, remember when Lewis had held her hostage, how did she get out of it? She had her gun in her purse. Yeah. And yeah, she and, shot him. Yeah. So, and, and in a way, they were making a statement pro-gun violence without actually saying pro-gun violence. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, all they're basically doing is saying violence is okay as long as the Punisher is doing it, as long as certain people are doing it, as long as the U.S. military is doing it, you know, which is in a contradiction in itself when Rollins has a secret se- a terrorist cell of assassins that Frank is a part of. Right. So that, that, that's like the only interesting aspect I felt the show made was that gun, va- gun violence is an, an inherently an American problem. And that, right. you know, because countries all over the world, they have access to guns, but they don't have the levels of gun violence that the you that, that our country has. And um, then I also find it funny that the, the the one guy that was like super, super pro NRA in the show, like was a fraud, you know, yeah. never shot a gun in his life, never served yeah. never did anything. But he just used that, you know, to, to, to spill propaganda, you know, and that's what I'm saying. Like the show wasn't taken aside. And I kind of, I kind of wish the show did take a side. I wish the Punisher was pro. I mean, the Punisher is damn near a mascot for the NRA. Yeah, like yeah. you might as well use him, like like with Wonder Woman. That's why Wonder he was Woman playing country. That's what I'm saying. That's why he was playing country. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I mean, like I said, if you're gonna straddle the fence, straddle the fence, but at the same time, have Punisher make a stance. You know, make him pro guns. You know, but have this other guy over there. You know, saying something. You know, I don't, I don't know, but. It's, I feel like the show brought up some points, but it wasn't actually, you know, driving those points home. This brought up some points. It's like, oh, we're being deep. We're being, you know, yeah. controversial. But you're not really being controversial no. and deep. Exactly. That's how I felt. I felt like they were just mentioning the problem, but they weren't actually dealing with the problem. and and Or giving a solution be- to the problem. Yeah, because know? if you want – and, you know, that's the thing is – I. I've been arguing for years over, oh, the Punisher's not a hero. He's a murdering scumbag, blah, 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 blah. You know, I've been, you know, th- this is an inherent part of the whole Punisher myth of whether or not he's a hero or not. And and, and you're right. They did play kid gloves on the Netflix yeah. show because they kind of danced around the issue. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, in our show, he's, he's, you know, you can make, you can argue, yes, the Punisher is a terrorist, that he's a, 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 a soldier who lost it and, you know, going on a killing spree. You can make that argument. But they all they did to, you know, offset that was by make an, a, a, a character who does worse things than him, you know. So right. and it, it didn't really deal with the gun violence as far as, like, how deep of a problem it is, you know, because – I mean, to me, it's less about guns and it's more about the culture. I think we live in a violent culture and our default response to everything is violence. And that shows in our foreign policies because we just bomb everybody, you know, pretty much. Right. You know? Um, and I felt the show failed to make a statement about street violence, which I think is a larger issue than people tend to that they, they tend to ignore. 
Um, I mean, the show did make a, a statement about guns being in the wrong hands, like Lewis and who become terrorists. Right. But and it, it addresses mass shootings a little bit. And yes, mass shootings are on the rise. But it doesn't say anything about the inner cities where every day all over the country, people are shot by guns all the fucking time. Right. You know, um, and this argument on gun control, it always, always seems to come up when mass shootings happens. But right. it always ignores, you know, the poor and the minorities in the, in the urban areas who are victims of guns every day. And it ignores the economic causes of crime and poverty, that which are huge factors of that gun violence. You know, I mean, it was there was gunshots outside my window the other night. I like got down because they were like they were like right outside. I even went to my kid's room. Hey, man, but get down. They're shooting outside. You know, <laughs> and right. there was cops all up and down the street. You know, <laughs> I mean, this shit happens all the fucking time. But it only gets the conversations only started when a mass shooting happens, you know. So yeah. and that's the thing about where it took away this show took away that street level roots that the Punisher has. That, that's part of the Punisher comic. You know, right, because you got some blackout mercenary chain trying to kill him like that. But that's that's some fantasy shit. We want to talk about, you know, when he's in the street shooting, what would he do? You know, more more situations like that. So Yeah, because when you deal with the street, I mean, when you deal with the street level criminals and the crime, you know, that sh- that those stories always shed light on the humanity of Frank Castle because he's always protecting the innocent. You know, he's always, you know, go you know, making sure that innocent people don't get shot. You know what I mean? And I right. told you that one story where the guy, the kid stole his gun and then he went to go looking for it because it was one of those, it was, the gun was booby trapped, <laughs> you know, and he spent right. all so he day looking. Sure didn't end up in that, in that kid's yeah. Name, right. Yeah. And it, it you know, it, 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 and those street, le- the street level crime also points to the socio-political environment that these type, type types of crimes are caused by, you know, because sure he deals with bigger fish out there like the government and, and, and these corrupt military officials, but at the core, Punisher's always been a street level character. And that's why when he's, you know, the whole Daredevil and Punisher stories are so compelling because they're opposite points of the same flawed system. You know, Daredevil, Daredevil represents law and order because he's a lawyer, you right. know, and then Punisher is, is not, you know, so there's always that dynamic. But the Punisher always points out the hypocrisy in characters like Daredevil and Batman because they are still operating outside the law themselves. Right. And, the, and, and plus, they, like I said, he and the re, and the reason, even though he's a lawyer, he's fighting the kingpin who uh, is above the law. Yeah. You know? And they also leave the criminals up to the very same flawed system that they're fighting against, too. So right. <laughs> where the Punisher, no, they, he just kills them, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So but let, let's talk about something else. Like I said, we talked about the morale situation. Now, we've talked about this, but at the same time, I feel like the Punisher is drawing inspiration, not from the comics, but actually from movies that handle these same topics we're talking about right now, but handle them a lot better. Now, here's the thing about John Bernthal. He doesn't look like comic Punisher to me, but you know who he does look like? Uh, Shane from Walking Dead? No. <laughs> <laughs> Besides him. Uh <laughs> He actually looks to me like a young Robert De Niro from Taxi Driver. Yeah, I got that as well with the army jacket, the black army jacket. With the or black army jacket, the haircut. Yeah, yeah. And plus just facial structure. You put his face right beside Robert De Niro's face, Taxi Driver, they looked almost the exact same. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and, and you can almost say Taxi Driver was an inspiration for the Punisher to begin with. Yeah. 
And yeah. so it, it's pretty interesting about that. Uh, not just Taxi Driver also. We got some of like, like we just talked about Death Wish, you know, Bruce was like that. Obviously, Death was, was uh, inspiration to Punisher also. But here's the thing. You know, to me, what I think was the biggest influence to this show. What's that? Rambo. Yeah. Rambo. Yeah, the, Rambo's especially first, the first look. Yeah, like the a first, lot of people yeah. think when they hear Rambo, they just think, you know, Sylvester Stallone just yelling with no shirt on and a headband. You know, like video gaming his way through a whole movie like that. And he did eventually get to that point. But in the first Rambo movie, First Blood, it was yeah. very much like this one. Like, yeah. you know, uh, the reason the cops had a problem with Rambo in that movie because they thought he was a hippie. Now, like, we was watching the show. What did they keep calling uh, Frank? They kept calling him a hipster. You know, he had the beard on. Yeah, he like had the beard that. and shit, yeah. Right. So it was compared comparison with that one. Same thing. Rambo had PTSD. He couldn't operate in the world. So he just went fucking nuts. Kind of the same way, not just with Punisher, but like I said, with uh, with with Lewis, you know, with Billy, with Billy also. And that, that may be the problem with Billy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Billy was a pretty boy, but he was fucked up in the head because when he came back from Afghanistan, he wasn't right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he knows how to put on a mask where Frank doesn't know how to. Yeah. So, so I think all that was, you know, I th- I think all that was pretty interesting. Also, not only that, but let, let's talk about Micro for a second. Like I said, we know Micro was from the comic books, things like that. But Micro, I I, I kind of like how, and I know you say you didn't like the family aspect of of Micro, but I did kind of like it because it did feel like that Frank turned Michael's family into his family. Yeah, like you yeah, know, he I had mean, a kid, he had a son, he had a daughter, he had a wife. And since Michael wasn't there, Frank kind of adopted the family. That family kind of adopted him. Like, they invited him over for dinner one time, but he couldn't show up because he was in a gunfight, you know, in the forest and shit like that. But, you know, you know, it was still pretty cool. So I kind of I kind of like some of that aspect of him. Uh, I didn't mind it. It's just, you know, three, four episodes, however it dragged on for him. Yeah, it, it dragged on for a while. It was a little stretch right there. Yeah. At the same time, I think Frank should have boned his wife, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's a punishment. What's he going to do? You know, Might as well. I mean, since they're changing everything else. <laughs> right. You punish to come back to Michael. Uh, uh, Frank, where you been? Fucking your wife. What you going to do about it? Oh, nothing. Weren't you watching? Like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what, what you going to do if punish your fuck your wife? What you going to fight him? Shit. <laughs> uh, so, but, yeah, overall, I, I think we pretty much touched everything we can about the Punisher. Like I said, oh, I'm going to give my rating on it. I also give it a three. Uh, like I said, I think the story just dragged on for too long. Some of it really didn't make too much sense if you really, really, really think about it. Some of the acting scenes I thought were kind of dull, but it had like pockets of, you know, pockets of entertainment that was through also, especially like I said, episode 12, which was an awesome, awesome gunfight because that's when he just went fucking ape shit and just was like murdering people left and right. Now, this one I want to talk to you about, Eli. Why do you think people are rating this so high? Because I've seen some people saying, like, this is by far not only the greatest thing, like, Marvel has done on Netflix. They're saying it's the greatest Netflix show of all time. Now, wh- where do you think that's coming from? Because I haven't, uh, you know, I, entered the mind of these, these idiots, but, you know. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I really, uh, maybe, like I said, maybe it's me because I am I am a Punisher fan and I'm a little biased, but. I don't know. I, I without being insulting, I don't really know. <laughs> you know, I, that's what I'm saying. It's like really, the people are really rating this high. Oh, I love it. Like, and I'm like, and that's the thing. Like I, I said like, before, I even watched the show, where people are already telling me, 
oh man, Punisher is the greatest show ever. You have to watch it. Yeah. You have to. But nobody ever like you know talk about things like it. So they just said it's awesome. And can I give my input on it, Eli? And I may be completely off base on that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Because I, yeah. Because even when I when I hear people say, oh, the action is so violent and gritty, I'm like, yeah, the you know the fucking couple times when there was action yeah, yeah it when was it happens cool. you know <laughs> but yeah but it wasn't there not enough to sustain me you know in fact it was actually not that violent when I right <laughs> like it's the thing it really wasn't that violent to me either it was yeah. cool when it was violent but it wasn't and i i think that's the thing about it i think it's that initial shock factor that i think they love the idea of a punch Netflix show. I don't think people actually watched every all 13 episodes, sat through it, broke down everything. I don't think they did it. I'm pretty sure some people watched this show and checked out. But the fact was, since that first episode, since that first episode was so violent, I think a lot of people did to watch that first episode. Oh yeah. Oh man, it's violent. They're cursing. It's awesome. It just cut the shit off and says the greatest thing ever. Yeah. I, I yeah, think some I, people are saying it's the greatest thing ever without actually watching the entire series. It's it's like it's like listening to an album. Like I know a bunch of people that listen to an album, hear the intro song, and say it's the greatest album of all time, and won't hear anything else on the album. Yeah. And I kind of have a feeling it's the same with the punch. There's there's no way you can watch all 13 episodes of this thing and and, and say it's the greatest thing you've ever seen before. I'm like, really? Yeah. Well, that's how the internet is. It's either it's the best thing ever or the or, the, or it's, it's the piece of shit. You know? Right, just like, like just like let's let's bring up Rotten Tomatoes again. Like I said, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes are the villain. They're the they're the they're the biggest movie villains of 2016. Fuck Vulture, fuck Hella is Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, uh, I Rotten think... Tomatoes gave this. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but I think they gave it like a 65. Maybe not even that high. Let me. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. I probably shouldn't be looking it up yeah, right now. And, but. and it's like I I even made a post where I was just like critiquing like an aspect of the Punisher that I was that I had an issue with about, you know, how it dealt, how it was trying to, how people are saying it's making this big statement on gun violence and stuff. And I was just saying, no, it really didn't, you know, and people are already jumping down my throats. You're a hater. Uh, I don't know what you were watching. Uh, I was like, no, think about it. And then I, I mentioned John Wick, which I, cause that's the thing. I had to watch John Wick. Which is also watch. violent. You know. Yeah. Which is violent as fuck. Cause yeah, John Wick is just a, a revenge fantasy, just like the Punisher. The Punisher comics, right. they're revenge fantasies. But I felt like John Wick like dealt with it, dealt with the, the, the notion of violence in as in art and entertainment way more than Punisher did in 13 fucking episodes. Because, yeah, I was I was watching part two, John Wick part two last night. And the ending when they had that shootout in the museum and they go into oh, that exhibit. Oh, the movie. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. Well, it's, it's a fucking John Wick. He shoots people in the head. <laughs> But anyway, there's a there's a there's a there's a gunfight in ex, this this art exhibit, and it's like mirrors. It looks like the ending of a uh, of uh, Enter the uh, Dragon. Enter the Dragon, right? Enter the yeah. It, it was like just mirrors and reflections, and I was like, wow, there's there this movie is showing up, is basically putting up a mirror to the audience and making us reflect. It even says like when he enters the museum, there's like. Welcome to the, the the reflections of the soul exhibit or whatever it's called. Here you will re, you will reflect on yourself or whatever and your nature and the nature of yourself. And then there's just all this violence going on. So the audience is basically looking in the mirror at themselves, watching this violence happen. And it just begs to. It's like the movie, this cartoony comic book movie, is asking the audience, why do you why are you entertained by this? 
and I was like, holy shit, this is way hey, more you know deep. People didn't catch that. You know yeah, right? yeah. But it's I was like, it's making a statement, a way, a deeper statement than the Punisher did in 13 hours. Right. Without <laughs> cramming it down your throat, right? Yeah, I was like, wow, it was, and it, yeah, it took me, and it was like my third or fourth time seeing it. But I finally saw that. I was like, this is like some Stanley Kubrick shit. He's like putting a mirror to the audience and asking itself, hey, what, why are you entertained by violence? Why are we as a, as a people entertained by violence and art? You know, and I was like, wow, this is some deep shit here. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and all I was saying, the Punisher didn't go that deep. It just said, yeah, guns are bad, but sometimes they're good. Unless if, if you got a, re- a reason to shoot somebody, yeah, then, then they're good. That's about all it's <laughs> you know? So to anybody listening to us right now, if you haven't, you know, turned off the podcast because we're shitting on the Punisher, you know, <laughs> please tell us why you love this show so much because we're confused. You know, yeah. why do you think this is the greatest thing you've ever seen in your life? Have you not watched a lot of shows or something or have you yeah. never seen blood? I don't without, know. Yeah. With, and be concise and, and, you know, without saying, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> right. You guys are a piece of shit. You know the fuck you're talking about. Like, you yes, fucking we hear that all the time. You know. <laughs> you're just a DC fanboy. Go watch the Justice League again, pussy. <laughs> right. Oh, man. So I think we talked about the punishment enough. Like I said, we want to move on past that, guys. Okay. Before I move on to the next part, Eli, let me just address some video game shit real quick. Super quick. Super touch quick. And just move on. Like I said, uh, Black Friday deal. If you want to get a PlayStation 4, it was on sale for one ninety nine. PlayStation uh, Xbox One S was on sale for two twenty nine with a free controller. I think that deal might be going on Cyber Cyber Monday. So if you don't look out for that, if you want to get one, okay, that's all the video game news I got to say. Moving on from that. Now, like I said, this is the Comic Book Bullet Podcast, and the Comic Book Bullet Podcast we like to always address the thing that keeps the lights on, that puts foods on the table, you know, that pays our salaries. We have to talk about comic books. And we get paid week, for this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like I said, since since this is a comic podcast, we were just gonna talk about the Punisher, but we had a book that came out that I've I've been anticipating for months now. Uh, I'm pretty sure Eli has also, but I'm anticipating this book for months now because they've been hyping this up so much with commercials and all this stuff like that, and even name drops in movies and stuff like that. And it is Doomsday Clock Number One. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, Doomsday Clock Number One was uh you know written by Jeff Johns, art by Gary Frank, and we just want to talk about this real quick. And Eli, just just give you your quick. I, we're not gonna do a, a rundown, a summary because honestly, just I don't feel like it. <laughs> what, what did you think about it? <laughs> um, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, it made me want to go back and read Watchmen again because, like, damn, yeah. this is really going into some Watchmen shit. And I gotta refresh my memory on what exactly happened in the Watchmen. Cause they were the same way, right? Yeah, I was like, damn, they're making all these references and names. Like, okay, uh, yeah, I better go back and read that shit if I want to know what's going on. Um, I, I, yeah, it, it, it was uh, really trying to emulate the old Watchmen book, which I thought was pretty cool, and I, and it was really trying to be relevant. To current times, which I enjoy, because that's what the, I mean. The Watchmen was a product of its time, you know, dealing with the Cold War in the '80s and all that shit. And then here we come back now, in, it, in our turbulent political climate we are right now, and it was addressing all that shit, which right. I thought Even was the really book cool. Was set in the '90s, you know, in 1992. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. 
I had a hard time trying to figure out what ha- what was going on a little bit. Um, but for the most part, I thought it was I thought it was interesting. And then I realized, holy shit, this is one of twelve. Holy fuck, this is gonna be a long time. Yeah, it won't be finished till <laughs> November of next year. Yeah, I, hopefully, if there's no delay. That, that's what, as long as there's no delay. But DC yeah. is pretty good on delays. If it was Marvel, we're, we're fucked. No. <laughs> so when but when I, I, I realized when I realized like damn, this is one of twelve, I was like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing. You're right. It. it, it I, I did have to refresh my memory on what what, what happened to watch, but like I said, I seen, but but it's been so long since I read the book and so long since I seen that movie. It was like, what what happened again? Like, yeah. like is this guy alive? Did he die? You know, especially since Rorschach confused the fuck out of me when I saw. Him. Like, wait, did he get, you know, yeah, like turn into ashes or some shit? But then yeah. you know when he took off his glove and it was a black dude, I was like, oh, okay, and so it's and, Jason and I, Todd, no, <laughs> like. I'm, and I, and I like what Jeff Johns was doing because if you really think about it, yes, this is the Watchmen sequel that he said he planted. But at the same time, he barely had any reoccurring characters. Like, for instance, like, was the mime and the marionette, were they characters in the old book? I, I don't even know. I, I don't, don't know. They, they seem like they could be characters in the old book, but I've never heard of them before, you know. So it seems like, yeah, Jeff Johns is playing in this world. But he's inventing his own characters to play in this world. Like he has a brand new Warshack, so it doesn't touch Eleanor's stuff. He has these other new characters, you know, that you don't have to touch. And yes, he has Ozymandias. At the same time, Ozymandias is such a different character than what we saw then. You know, he can play around with them, you know. Yeah. So and it was just some interesting stuff with it. And, and yeah, let's 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 not pretend that this book doesn't have anything to do with Trump. They're yeah. throwing it in your face. They are yeah, really yeah. throwing it in your face, you know, especially when they say, oh, the doomsday clock is coming. Nuclear war is on there. And then they they trying to they can't get a statement from the president because they saying he's always on the golf course. They even show a picture of his golf clubs laying on the ground where he's run away from like, oh, man, they even had a scene where, like I said, the nuclear war was coming. Right. And they said the Americans were trying to break down the Mexican wall to run get away from America. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, whoa, okay. So yeah, they they written this shit, you know, in current times. So that yeah, this is this is some relevant shit today. Even though they're saying the story was set back in 1992, but this shit could definitely relate today because, like I said, we're on the war of nuclear war. They're trying to say this New York disaster was an inside job by the government. And I'm like, whoa, okay, because yeah, like that's 9/11. all the weird series yeah. that people are thinking, you know. Yeah. So it's it's weird. But you know? I thought it was because Rorschach's book got out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right because about at that. the end, at the end, there was that those articles you could yeah. read, and it was like because yeah, Rorschach's diary got out, and they figured out that it was all the whole alien thing was a fucking whole plot by Ozymandias, and and then so, they yeah. But if, if that's the case, why did it take them so long to you know for everything to go to shit? Yeah. And like I said, this is 1992. The Watchmen book was set what in 86, 85, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, so why did it take so long for everything to go to shit? Because it seemed like because yeah, for a while. Because wasn't Ozymandias president for a while? But then they find out what the fuck happened, and then they removed him from office. I don't know. I gotta read it again. <laughs> you know, no, no. They, they they said he wasn't removed from office. They said that the government knew what he did, and they said the government actually like were like kept it a secret. They basically kept it a secret the whole time, but somehow the information got out anyway. But I, I forgot what they said how it got out. Now it, it may have been. 
you know, the book, but it may have been something else also. And it's also pretty interesting how, uh, and here's another thing that's relevant to what's going on also. Uh, all the news media sources ended. CNN, BBC, all that was ended. So it was only one national news channel all over the world feeding you exactly what news they wanted you to know. So when the nuclear war was coming, they were trying to cover that shit up. Yeah. So I was like, man. So that's what we're going to where you kind of filter out the news. And Eli, this is some other shit. Remember, we we keep talking about net neutrality. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Jeff Johns was going that route with there, but you could definitely play in the net, net neutrality there because I don't know. Maybe it's another conspiracy theory or some shit to scare us. They said it's supposed to be some big news. It's supposed to happen Tuesday. So if anybody listening to this, turn to the news Tuesday. Don't read a fucking comic book. Don't play Call of Duty. Turn to the news and see what happens because you want to freak out some shit happens that you don't know about, you know. Yeah. Oh, uh, but yeah, we don't you'll, know. Maybe you'll, you'll maybe be paying for Facebook. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, because you don't want to pay for Facebook. You don't pay for YouTube. Uh, we'd be happy if you pay for comic book bullies, you know. <laughs> but yeah, like all this shit might come down a pipeline and you never know about. It. The only way they knew about it was because you know another uh, news source hacked the internet and was able to get the information out. You know. But yeah, yeah everything was going to shit. Now let's talk about Superman for a second. Yeah. So like I said, the uh. We had the Watchmen part of it, then they also turned to a Superman book. Now, here's the thing, Eli. They told the story about the night that uh, Ma and Pa Kent died, but that's the that's the origin of the New 52 Superman. But this Superman we have now is the post-crisis Superman. Ma and Pa Kent didn't die that way. So I'm trying to figure out, you know... Did Dr. Manhattan create the New 52 universe? Yeah, I mean, he probably did, <laughs> but I thought they rewrote that shit, you know, whatever. Because here's the thing. Now, and I think this confused a lot of people, but I read, the, you know, the issue twice, and I kind of figured out what happened. Now, Superman freaked the fuck out when he was dreaming and saw this shit, and Lois was like, oh, you're having a nightmare. He like, but I never had a nightmare before. He wasn't having a nightmare. He was reliving the night of that, because he didn't, he wasn't there when Mom Park Kent died. But now he's reliving it exactly like he was there that's obviously dr manhattan taking him back there to the past to show him my Park can't die because when he says that there's this uh uh a light coming from the window and it's blue so obviously it's dr manhattan so obviously he's had an influence on the dc universe the entire time now how much influence we do not know he may have created this entire thing he may have just influenced it a little bit we don't know how the fuck is ozymandias gonna come to the new 52 to find him you know <laughs> I don't know, a whole lot of shit. And, and that's the thing. Like, I thought Doomsday Clock was supposed to answer some questions. It raised more questions than it answered, you know. Yeah. But I, I kind of like that. I kind of like It wasn't like, now, you know what? As much shit as I gave Secret Empire, that first book, when it hit, I was like, oh, shit, this is some shit. Like, all kind of sh- crazy shit just went down. But this book, for as much hype as it got, Eli, for me, it was, like, very slow-paced. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's just me. Now, I'm not saying it was a bad story at all, but you got Jeff John. Now, remember we talked about last week about how Brian Michael Bendis is not that block, summer blockbuster guy you put in front of your major event books. Well, Jeff Johns is that summer blockbuster guy you put in front of your books. You want a banger, you want a hit, you put Jeff Johns on it, and you're going to get a classic. Like, it's just, just classic, just written over it. And then you got Gary Frank, who probably is the best artist in the, you know, in the industry right now. Like, it's an instant classic. So, yes, Gary Frank's art was immaculate. 
I was reading every yeah. page like, oh man, this shit is insanely detailed. You know, I was loving. I could yeah. read just his panels, and I, I would have paid full price for this shit alone. Yeah, like, just, it's a uh, great, it's a great looking book. Yeah, it's a great looking awesome. book. But Gary Frank always does that. Like you, they only get Gary Frank when it's for some some event level sh- shit. You know, that's how you know it's gonna be some big shit. But and it, it felt like Jeff Johns kind of kind of held back on this where he could have went all out. Now I get it because he he's he's taking over Alan. He's trying to make a sequel to an Alan Moore story. And for some comic book fans, that's blasphemy. You don't touch Alan Moore shit. You don't touch the Mona Lisa. You don't look at the Sistine Chapel and say, hey, I can do better. Let me write over that. You don't you don't do that shit. And for some comic fans, that's how you don't you don't touch Alan Moore shit also. That's why you have such a hard when anybody tries to adapt his stuff, that's why you have such a hard time. People, you can say whatever you want to about their Watchmen movie. I thought that movie was pure crap, you know, because they tried to adapt some shit that couldn't be adapted. The Killing Joke, it turned to a cartoon, was some pure D bullshit because you took how to take a story that couldn't be adapted, you know. Uh, I think the only extraordinary gentleman, man. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, other than you know, Batgirl, you know, fucking Batman, the story in general just fucking suck. The only time that I've ever seen an Alan Moore story adapted, you know decently or or pretty good was a justice league unlimited episode with, with for the man who has everything that's the only time i've ever seen an alan moore story actually correctly adapted because other than that just stop touching alan moore's shit man alan moore is alan moore you can't out alan moore alan moore you know and i think that's why jeff johns was so reserved because he know he's touching alan moore's stuff he can't don't you know don't 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 try to outdo the mona lisa you know, that's why he had all these new characters he tried to throw in there because he's trying to play with this world, but he's not fucking with those characters, you know. So mm. Doomsday Clock was cool. Honestly, Eli, I give it a four. I give it a four only because of Gary Frank's art was just insane. His art is a five. Five out of five, easily. Yeah. But the story to me was a three because first it did feel kind of convoluted. They did try to – they didn't really tell you what the fuck happened because I – I, I forgot that shit happened in Watchmen. Like you said about Warshack with the book, I forgot that shit, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I felt like Jeff Johns was playing it safe because he know he's, you know, he's doing an Alan Moore sequel, which, you know, in the comic book world is blasphemous, you know. Uh, you want to give a rating or got anything else to add on I, it? Or? Yeah, well, yeah. Art's five out of five. Story, three out of five. I don't know. Is that good? Is that a four, I guess? Um, I, that's what I said. It's a four. Yeah, average four out. out of five. I mean, yeah. I mean, like I say, in after reading this and like this is this is uh issue one out of twelve. I'm like, damn, do I want to wait this long or should I just wait for the trade? That's where right. I'm like waffling. Because <laughs> we, we got Batman Metal Keepers comp. Uh, uh, yeah, and it's like and this is way deep that I'm I'm gonna have a hard time remembering every fucking month what happened. I'm gonna have to like read every issue twice to. <laughs> Because that's what he did with this one. Because I would read, I like, what the fuck just happened? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna have to read the new issue and then the one before it every month because I'm gonna have a hard time remembering what the fuck's going on, you know? <laughs> and, and Eli, I think that's what fucked me up because Batman Metal has been so awesome. I like, well, if Batman Metal's doing this shit and Scott Snyder's killing with that, well, Jeff Johns coming back, obviously it's gonna be better, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm really like, oh, okay. So it didn't quite hit the hit the it didn't check the box for me. But at the same time, you know how we had this controversial opinion about about the Punisher. I guess we have a controversial opinion about Doomsday Clock also because I've just been browsing Twitter, you know, browsing Facebook like that, and people are already saying that this issue alone is the best single issue of 2017 of any comic book. I'm like, whoa, slow down now. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I, when I first read it, like, I got home. So I went to the midnight. They had a midnight uh, release at my comic shop. And I went there and grabbed it. And I got a cool Gary Frank print. You know, they handed out free to everyone who showed up. And then I went home and read it. And I was like, whoa, that was kind of cool. And then I was, like, reading the stuff in the back and all those different, like, uh, the gallery where it had, with, you know, the Joker holding Ozymandias' butt and shit. I'm like, oh, damn. You know, this is going to this is gonna be cool. But then when I actually thought about the actual book, I'm like, wow, this is going to be a long time. So <laughs> right. the, I, I think, yeah, again, what you're saying about it, I think they like the idea of the Watchmen versus the DC, the Justice League. <laughs> right. But uh, this actual book was, yeah, it's, it's a slow build, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick yeah. with it. I'm not saying we're just going to drop the book. I'm going to stick with it and see where it goes. But it didn't. It didn't wow me. That's all. Yeah, yeah. It had exactly. elements elements of it that seemed like ha- promising moments. You know. Right. I did notice that they kind of rank, rank uh, you know, ratcheted up the the maturity level of it. Like I wasn't expecting like so many you know curse words in a DC book. You know. <laughs> yeah. and, and and did that prison and did that uh prison gang try to you know gang rape that prisoner i mean the cop um i don't remember <laughs> it did seem like it it seemed like they they said i want to take turns with this guy and then you can hear him hollering you know when they cut away from him so you don't see that in the regular superman book so that's all i'm saying uh but yeah uh Eli, anything else we got to talk about or uh no, I think we got it. I mean, I read the Punisher War Machine, but uh, I mean, we can save that till next week. Let's save it to next week. We're gonna talk about yeah. that because I wanna, I wanna dig deep into that one. So, because I've I've had some stuff I wanted to say about the Punisher War Machine for a while since I heard about that one. So I'm, I'm gonna get there. Uh, until then, like I said, if you've listened to it this long, definitely like, share, and subscribe. You know, definitely request us to everybody else. Uh, give us a review. We don't have any reviews yet, so definitely give us a review. See what you think about it. Uh. Especially if you're going to give us a five out of five. If not, you know, don't give us a review. <laughs> Best or worst. That's uh, all we we have. have other po- right. <laughs> we have other podcasts we have going on. Like I said, uh, check out Eli with Geeks Have. Like I said, they just dropped a – y'all dropped one like last week, right, Eli? Yeah. Got Anthony gotcha. back in the house, yeah. Did a Just League uh, review on there also. So, uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, we also have uh, This Geek in Comics. Don't know what the next one is. Pretty sure it's coming up. Got Get Valiant. Like I said, they love Valiant, all Valiant all the time. Hoodoo TV, they also love value all the time. <laughs> uh, Instruments of Destruction, that's like the Hasbro, Transformer, G.I. Joe universe. And Comic Cast, Comic Cast. Like I said, they, they're kind of like us, but the less assholey version, I guess. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than that, like I said, we will talk to you guys later. We're going to um, leave you with some music. Don't know what, we'll figure it out when, when you hear it. Uh, this is Leroy. This is Eli. And we will talk to you guys later. Ready for war, Joe? How you wanna blow these spot? I know these dirty cops that'll get us in if we murder some wop. Hop in your hummer, the punishers ready. Meet me and Beatles with noodles, we do this do while he's slurping spaghetti. Everybody kiss the fucking floor, Joe. We crack, fuck them all if they move. Noodles shoot that fucking whore. Dead in the middle of little, literally little. Did we know that we riddle to middle man who didn't do diddly? It'll be a cold day and how the day I take it now. Make no mistake, for real, I wouldn't hesitate to kill. Look still a fat one that you love to hate. Catch you at your mother's waist, smack you then I whack. 
you whip my stuff to yay. I'll rub your face with the earth and curse your family's children like Amity Bill and drill the nerves in your cavity filling. Insanity's building a pavilion in my civilian. It can't be the anarchy that humanity's filling. I'm filling without remorse. Who's willing to out your boys forever and take all of chatter like child support? I support punning anything he does, anything he loves. A brother from another mother sent for the above. A dark nigga just like me, one of the best might be. Even better, leaving niggas kneeling on their right knee. Spike Lee couldn't paint a better picture. You small change, I'm blowing out your brains, getting richer. Hit you with the mask. Smack your bitch, nigga, what? You get stuck. My trigger fingers into you the fuck. Truck jewels, jewels. cruising in the land, pumping cash, cash rules. Last crew to one and caught a hundred trying to pass through. That's true. So who the next to get it? T.S. the best that did it. Get it off your chest, get admitted. And it's yeah, and you don't stop. 20 shot clock with the cop killers, fiddler to the top. Yeah, and you don't stop. So he cracks the rock and big punk keeps the guns cocked. Yeah, and you don't stop. We'll make it hot, nigga. What? Bring it up, blow your whole spot. Yeah, and you don't stop. It's still 187 on an undercover guy. Fuck the police, I squeeze first, make a neat third. Take him feet first through the morgue, then launch him in the deep earth. The streets curse, the First Amendment's culturally biased. Supposed to supply us with rights tonight. I hold my rosary tight as I can. I'm one man against the world, just me and my girl, Black Pearl, Latina, Masfina. But keeps it real, you know the deal. We steal from the rich and keep it peeping, it's no secret. Watch me and Joe go back and forth from free creep with me as I cruise in my Beamer. All the kids in the ghetto call me Don Cartagena, kicking ass as I blast off here. And you never see me talk to police So you should know that I really don't care Pull you by the hair, slit your throat And I leave you right there So beware, it's red that niggas want beat With blood speak and let these motherfuckers know How we run the streets Fuck peace, I run the streets deep with no compassion Puerto Rico's known for slashing Catching niggas while they sleeping, no relaxing Keep your eyes open, sharp reflexes Three Texas in the Jeep Lexus Just in case police testers Street professors, several squad Ghetto scholars full of clips marked And flicks the free regard when the metal hollers Better acknowledge Y'all get knocked down until I'm locked and shot down. Had the beat, couldn't make me put my clock down. We locked towns like rounds in the chamber. Boogie down, major like nine. I bust mine every time. Plus, I'm the crime boss of New York. Where we taught to walk the walk. All my niggas carry chalk. This stalk, I pray like a predator. Whoever wanted, go and get it. Set it, baby, and I'm a barrier. So remember the squad that I'm repping. I fully clip of my weapon and punish niggas till it's Armageddon. Yeah, and you don't stop. 20 shot clock with the cop killers fill up to the top. Yeah. And you don't stop So he cracks the rock And Big Pun keeps the guns cocked Yeah And you don't stop We'll make it hot, nigga Why bring it up on your whole spot Yeah And you don't stop It's still 187 on an undercover guy Yeah And you don't stop 20 shot clock with the cop killers Fill up to the top Yeah And you don't stop So he cracks the rock And Big Pun keeps the guns cocked Yeah And you don't stop We'll make it hot, nigga Why bring it up on your whole spot Yeah.